Welcome to the Athletic Business Podcast. I'm Andy Berg. I'm Tabitha Wethel. Tabitha, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. This is not the uh, the usual uh, voice on the other side of the table. Um, we have had a personnel change here at Athletic Business. Um, Jason Scott, our longtime online managing editor, has moved on to greener pastures, uh, and we congratulate him on that. Uh, and we also welcome you uh, to the team. So, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit, where you come from? Sure. Well, thank you for having me, A.B., first of all. Um, yeah, my background is in media, um, working for some law enforcement publications, then a broadcast outfit myself, um, and now I'm joining you guys. Yeah, wonderful. And we're very happy to have you, as I said, um, and doing great work. You've already, what is this, your third issue that we're yeah, I think you're working so. on? Yeah, yeah nice. Um, so you uh, had the honors of doing this episode's interview. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you talked to? Well, absolutely. I did have the honors. I was incredibly honored and nervous to talk <laughs> to Lisa Byington. She's the new voice of the NBA champion Bucks. Um, and she's uh, breaking ceilings. She's making room for women in sports all over the place, including now she's the first time full-time play-by-play broadcaster for an NBA men's team. Bucks in six. Bucks in six, which we did, <laughs> <laughs> we did wiggle in there. Yeah, nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, we just talked about, you know, uh, women's voices in broadcasting. You know, she's talked a bunch about how she would like to have women's voice just be normal, just yeah. not be a headline. So that's right. kind of what we talked about women in broadcast. And she's also just incredibly, you know, she's an incredible person and I really look up to her in the industry. Sure. Um, so it was exciting and, you know, a little tiny bit of nervousness for me. Yeah. Understandable. Um, and, <laughs> and such a, such a great interview to land. And um, why don't we uh, move to that and we'll be back after the interview. One thing that I wanted to talk about um, that I know you're talking about some already um, is just, you know, how do we normalize women's voices in sports? Um, and I know that's something that you've talked about quite a bit already, but in, in particular in one interview you said about your parents growing up, how they nurtured you to know that you could do anything. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about like your, you know, your thoughts on normalizing women's voices in sports. I think you, you normalize anything by, by seeing it time and time again. And, and then once, once you see it time and time again, you, you stop thinking about it being different. 
And so that's that's what I mean about normalizing voices is the more that we can hear female voices, not just on, on women's sports events, but on men's sports events, the more we can get it, the better. I mean, I just I saw the news. Uh, I don't know if it's it's not official official, but with um, the 76ers. Yeah. Today breaking that that they were going to hire Kate Scott. And that's exactly what, I, what I've been talking about, really, since since the Bucks made their announcement last week is the fact that. That we just we need a first to have a second to have a third to have a fourth to lose the headlines and not think about it again. I, I have used the phrase background noise because male voices on anything is background noise. Female voices, I believe, only on women's sports can sometimes be background noise. I can't wait for when a female voice on a men's game becomes background noise and we just have it on literally in the background. And we don't think twice about who the female announcer is. Right, exactly. And, you know, I don't know for you, but um, I guess tell me what you think. Like, you know, this is, you know, important to talk about women breaking more ceilings. But then, you know, for you doing these interviews like this one, it's it's not just noting that it's a first but in a way, you know, we're almost talking about you just being a woman in this space instead of your extraordinary skills and expertise. Well, I don't look at it that way. I okay. look at it myself as a media person and a broadcaster. I mean, other people might see me as a, a female in that space, but I've always been a female in, you know, in the space <laughs> I've been in. And so that's just me. So it's not different. I don't put on like a different sort of costume and walk around and be female broadcaster. Like I'm just Lisa. So it, to me, it's not different. Maybe it's different for other people watching me work in that space but for me to operate in that space and do my job uh, I've been doing that for for years and years and I go back to the story I, I love to tell about my parents and growing up and that they they let me believe that I could do anything I wanted so I literally would walk out at, at recess in elementary school and I would play with the boys and and soccer with the boys at recess and you know, I'd be the only girl doing that, but I didn't think any twice about it because that's just what I wanted to do. And I was taught if that's what you want to do, then that's okay. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, when I was thinking about being a journalist when I was in high school, I, I, the same thing. I wasn't thinking about being a woman writing about sports or anything like that. I was thinking about just being a journalist. Um, Lisa, what's how are you gearing up here to cover the NBA champions? Well, I, it started, um, you know, when when the, the interview process began and okay. and just paying attention to the Buck stories, you know, connecting. I think it's most importantly um, on my end to just connect with with the team that's already been there uh, with the with the broadcasters and, and Marcus Johnson and Steve Novak and Zora Stevenson. Those are the experts and, and our, our wonderful production staff that we're going to be working with. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out to Jim Paschke as well. Mm. And so those are the voices uh the brains, <laughs> everything that I'm tapping into to understand that, because you can try to understand it as an outsider. I mean, you can you can talk about what the Bucks did right and wrong in, in the playoffs and, and what they've done in, in the last few years, but it's really the people who watch it day in and day out, hour in and hour out, that I think are the most valuable to tap into, and, and that's what I'm going to be trying to do, uh, you know, for the last few weeks and, and in the weeks to come. Okay. Um, so I know that you were a two-sport player at Northwestern. 
Is, yes. that, is that right? Okay. So I was just wondering if there are, are facets of your collegiate sports playing experience that translate to sports casting. For I you. think it's just understanding maybe um, moments and and understanding maybe what what the players and the coaches are going through. I mean, I, I played at the Division One level. I played four years of basketball and two years of soccer, and so I didn't play professionally. But I think once you get up to those higher levels, you can you can understand the demands of a sport. You can understand pressure, stress, all of those things, uh, time management, all of those things. I think you can relate to because you you've played at that that high level, but. Ultimately, you know, especially with the sport of basketball, I was a former point guard. And so I look at it with a former point guard's eyes, especially when I call a basketball game. And so, uh, you know, maybe I'm seeing things develop or, or, or anticipating things to develop that that maybe other people can't. And, and maybe more importantly, um, point guards like to pick up assists, or at least I did. You know, and I think we have more scoring point guards these days, but I, I like to be a, a, a dish first, score second point guard. And so I'm looking to make the rest of the people on my team better. Um, whoever I'm working with, uh, I'm looking to hand them assists in, instead of scoring points during the broadcast. What makes this work meaningful to you? Well, it's fun. I, I never, I never show up to do the job and and think that it's the job. And I'm very grateful for that. And and I think you know when you're you're doing the right thing when when it feels like that. I, I love pouring into stats and backstories and going to practices and, and, and not just the game day. I think everyone thinks about the game day and you have like one of the best seats in the house. But but for me, uh, the value of doing this job is the stuff that people don't see. It's it's the time that you spend in, in prepping. It's it's the one-on-one -on -one conversations with coaches and players. And then it's, it's finding a way to connecting all of those pieces and bringing it alive during game day. And, and that's just, that's just what I love. How about, okay, so one thing that you and I have in common is that we both started out at small Midwest um, TV stations. And so I was just wondering around that time in your career, if you have any memorable sports casting or, you know, reporting moments that kind of stick with you now, anything, just anything that kind of pops out to you. Well, I think when, when you first start out and you get to do a little bit of everything, you have a appreciation for every role and every job whether it be at a local station or a, a broadcast, because in, in some of my, my first few jobs, I literally had to do everything. I was showing up and, and I had to grab a, a camera to go to a high school football game and shoot three to four high school football games on a Friday night. I would drive back to the station. I would edit those highlights. I would write those highlights and then I'd run into the bathroom and change and put on makeup and hair and, and put on on-air clothes and um, and then do the sports cast. And so you literally are a photographer, editor, writer, producer, anchor. And so I appreciate all those jobs now that I don't have to do <laughs> all of those jobs. And so I think that's just the value of starting out small and, and doing kind of the grunt work to get to the, the glory job, so to speak. Yeah, you've talked about that, right? I've seen a t-shirt with that on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, um, you know, and, and I think the message is that I think people see, you know, some of the, 
the great jobs that you get. And, um, and, and certainly this past year, I've been very blessed to have um, so many great opportunities from the NCAA tournament to work in the Olympics to getting this opportunity with the Milwaukee Bucks. But I just don't want people to think that, you know, I woke up one morning and, and realized, hey, I, I think I'd like to call the Olympics today or, hey, mm-hmm. I'd like to do the NCAA tournament or, hey, I, I'd love to call the NBA on a regular basis. Like, there's there's a lot of grind and grunt work that goes into, I think, everyone's story that and, and sometimes the space between those grunt jobs and the jobs that you start out doing. Uh, to the ones that that you're you're kind of striving to get, you know, sometimes the space in between grunt job and glory job is like one year, five years, ten years, uh, fifteen years, and and so I think it's understanding that space for everyone uh, between where they started and and where they're at is is really important because it really is not an overnight success story. There's there's a lot of people to help. There's there's a lot of time and a lot of hours that I think a lot of people don't see. Yeah, absolutely. All that like background sweat equity, late nights, tight deadlines. <laughs> um, I hear that. Um, what about you? You brought up your Olympics um, experience recently, and also your NCAA um, experience. From those two experiences, is there any meaningful or memorable moments that kind of are sticking around? I know it's kind of recent, so. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, first of all, they're great opportunities. Uh, uh, first of all, who wouldn't want to call the Olympics? Well, yeah. it, was, it was fantastic to be able to do that. I love the fact that, um, you know, in the Olympics, because of some COVID restrictions, a lot of um, the broadcasters were actually in Stanford, Connecticut at the NBC headquarters instead of in Tokyo. And when we all kind of joked, it was like broadcaster camp. Uh, during that time, because you have all kinds of broadcasters who work for different networks during the year and different sports. And if they're doing a job, then you're not there because they're doing the game and, and you're not or you're doing a game. So so they're not there. And we all have like similar roles. But it was nice for the Olympics to all be in one place and pass someone in the hallway or or sit in an elevator or, you know. Uh, grab a beverage with with someone who you respect in this business who you don't normally get time to spend time with. So I love that part of, uh, I mean, regardless of just the opportunity to call the Olympics, it was that camaraderie, I think, with the other broadcasters that I really appreciate with that experience. Uh, NCAA tournament, you know, it, it was so special because um, to me, that was that was the Super Bowl. That was the event that I, I watched when I was growing up. And Mm -hmm. um, so to get the opportunity to do that and then to be able to try to help to open up a door for for other female broadcasters to maybe sit in a play by play chair in the next few years um, doing the NCAA men's tournament is fantastic. Um, You know, to to hear a couple of my calls on one shining moment. I'm a a big cheese ball and that's like one Mm -hmm. of my favorite songs. And so. Mm that was a dream come true. So, so all of those things um, just, uh, of course, stand out to me with those couple of experiences. Do you just kind of want to talk about what you're looking forward to this season? Well, yeah, I think it's just the obvious. It's the opportunity to work for such a great organization Mm -hmm. and get a, a wonderful fan base. And I remember watching the NBA finals and in particular, you know, I've been to Milwaukee several times. I've been to five serve forum before. And so I, I understand, you know, what quality, uh, 
first of all, a, a top-notch facility that Pfizer Forum is, and and just a wonderful city. But I'm I'm sitting there and I'm watching the the NBA finals mm-hmm. and and just appreciating not only the energy in the building, but the the mass of humanity that was outside of Pfizer Forum, you know, cheering on uh, their team. And I just thought like, wow, what a great fan base and what a great organization and, and what great momentum to to be a part of. And so uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just honored. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I always say if there's fans who see me in the community or, or fans who see me at games, come up and say hello, mm-hmm. introduce yourself, because um, they are part of this franchise and they are part of this championship mindset. And I would love to get to know as many people as I can. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, fear the deer, right? That's right. Bucks and six. Bucks and six. All right, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us. Um, That's all I've got. So I appreciate your time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back. Tabitha, great interview. Um, as you said, uh, you were a little nervous talking to Lisa, but um, I think it, it is a, a great conversation you two had. Oh, yeah. She was incredibly gracious and she just has so much um, insight and so many stories. She's, you know, been all over the place, as you heard. So, yeah, you're really, really cool. Yeah, very. Um, so just a, a few things to touch base in terms of. Uh, what's going on in athletic business. Um, obviously we've been away from the podcasting game for a little bit, um, but we have not uh, paused on the rest of our work. So uh, just wrapped the November, December issue, and that will hit mailboxes first week of November. We hope everybody gets a chance to check that out. Um, and then also what less than two weeks, we'll be heading to San Antonio for AB show 2021. Um, after a year off because of the pandemic, um, we're really excited to see all of our friends and peers in the industry. Um, so that should be fun. And Tabitha, this will be your first AB show. Yes. I'm very excited for sure. Definitely. Um, so anyway, great intro to Tabitha today and we welcome her. And other than that, we will be back in two weeks with another episode of the athletic business podcast. 